Part three, chapter eight of the luggage of life. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by April six zero nine zero, California, United States of America. The luggage of life by Frank W. Borum. Part three, chapter eight conquest of the poles i have just been over the fram captain amundsen with his lieutenants messrs hassel and wisting both of whom accompanied their chief to the pole were as courteous and attentive as mortals could possibly be they showed us all that there was to be seen told us all that there was to be told and assisted us in snapping everything that tempted our cameras nothing could have been more beautiful than the grace and modesty with which they were receiving in the form of a perfect stream of congratulatory cablegrams the plaudits of the world it was good to walk the decks of the sturdy little vessel that holds the extraordinary record of having penetrated to the farthest north with nansen and to the farthest south with amundsen we raise our hats to the heroic achievements of these hardy norsemen what memories rush to mind what tales of dauntless courage and dogged endurance our thoughts quit all their ordinary grooves and plunge into fresh realms we seem to leave the solar system far behind us and to invade a new universe as we lean against these beaten bulwarks and give ourselves to retrospection and here at least there are no more worlds to conquer here at any rate progress has reached finality there are no more poles none it is so very rarely that we can cry ne plus ultra that we must enjoy the sensation when we can peary and amundsen hold a distinct monopoly they are entitled to make the most of it the magnificent achievement of captain amundsen has set us all thinking of arctic and antarctic exploits we have been transported in fancy to those lofty and jagged ranges of mountainous ice that have been the despair of adventurers since exploration began we have shivered in imagination as we have caught glimpses of innumerable ice floes and of stretching plains of frozen snow of captain amundsen's success in the south we know only the bare fact his book with graphic detail and description is a treat with which the future tantalizes us but Amundsen has reminded us of Peary, and we have picked up the commander's book once more. He tells a great tale. It is good to see that the world cannot withhold its sounding applause from the man who knows exactly where he wants to go and who never dreams of resting till he gets there. Peary's book is a classic of excellent leadership. Nansen told us long ago that the obstacles that intervened between civilization and the pole terrific as they were were too frail for the dogged and indomitable determination of peary that prediction has been magnificently vindicated commander peary has taught us that the really successful man is the man who knows how to keep on failing failure is life's high art he who knows how to fail well will sweep everything before him peary kept on failing till the silver crept into his hair and then when well over fifty years of age on stepping stones of his dead self he climbed to higher things through what disraeli would have called the hell of failure he entered the heaven of his triumph it is ever so 
the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the persistent take it by storm the conqueror is as wellington said the man who never knows when he is beaten the dust of defeat stings the face of the victor at every step of his onward march the arms of the republic writes gibbon often defeated in battle were always successful in war as for god exclaimed the dying jacob a troop shall overcome him but he shall overcome at the last the cross is the last word in the grim record of the world's most ghastly failures it is at the same time the emblem of a victory which shall shame our most radiant dreams those whose ears have never heard a paean and whose brows have never felt the laurel should ponder well this great romance of arctic exploration when god writes success on any man's life he often begins to spell it with an f commander peary tabulates his difficulties speaking generally these coincided with the munsons and they were three one there was the difficulty sometimes almost insufferable of conveying heavy baggage over steep ragged slippery mountains of ice two there was the difficulty presented by the piercing penetrating paralyzing cold three and there was the difficulty of the dense depressing darkness the long polar night in relation to the first of these however we must confess that the thought that has haunted us as we have followed our intrepid voyager is that really and truly these were not the things that deterred but the things that drove him their propelling power was infinitely greater than their repelling power it is quite certain that if the poles could have been reached in a sumptuous pullman car neither peary nor amundsen would have made the trip it was the stupendous difficulty that lured them on we make an egregious blunder when we try to persuade men that the way to heaven is easy the statement is false to fact in the first place and in the second there is no responsive chord in human nature which will vibrate to that ignoble note hardship has a strange fascination for men pizarro knew what he was doing when he traced his line on the sands of panama and cried comrades on that side of the line are toil hunger nakedness the drenching storm desertion and death on this side ease and pleasure choose every man for my part i go to the south garibaldi knew what he was doing when he exclaimed soldiers what i offer you is fatigue danger struggle and death the chill of the cold night in the free air the intolerable heat beneath the blazing sun no lodgings no munitions no provisions but forced marches perilous watch-posts and the continual struggle with the bayonet against strong batteries those who love freedom and their country may follow me men love to be challenged and taunted and dared six thousand men eagerly volunteered to join captain scott's expedition to the south pole some holding high and remunerative positions craved to be permitted to swap the decks of the terra nova a captain in a crack cavalry regiment with five clasps on his uniform a hero of the south african war counted it an honor to perform the most menial duties at a salary of a shilling a month yes pizarro and garibaldi peary and scott knew what they were doing they were obeying the surest instinct in the genius of leadership for they were following him who said if any man will come after me let him deny himself 
and take up his cross daily and follow me for whosoever shall save his life shall lose it but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake the same shall save it on the road to golgotha the saviour challenged the daring among men and the heroes of all the ages having consequence trooped to his standard but the colossal obstacles have often to be surmounted here he tells us in the cruel cold and the dense darkness and such cold it is surely an allegory many a man feels that the task assigned him would be difficult enough in itself but in the chilling and disheartening atmosphere in which he has to perform it it seems impossible bad enough thought but i have to fight a lion but a lion in a pit and a lion in a pit on a snowy day hard enough to persevere in well-doing when inspired by sweet whispers of gratitude and cheered by the warm breath of sympathy but misunderstood and unappreciated there are millions who have discovered with peary that life's heaviest loads have to be borne in the most nipping and frigid atmosphere and the darkness nobody knows what darkness is peary tells us unless he has experienced an arctic night week after week with no illuming ray the blackness seems to soak into one's very soul but here our explorer is mistaken there are so many who have never been within thousands of miles of the pole who nevertheless take up every morning their heavy burdens and bear them through an atmosphere more chilling than that of arctic latitudes and amidst darkness compared with which an arctic night is brilliant for there is no gloom like the petrifying gloom of mystery the sorrows of all time reached their climax in the man of sorrows and the anguish of the christ reached its climax on the cross and in the awful heart of that anguish there was darkness and out from the darkness emerged the expression of eternal mystery my god my god why hast thou forsaken me the horror of the ages is concentrated in that fearful why and with its unanswered why upon his dumb lips many a christian follows his lord in the dark i have said that peary's book is a classic of distinguished leadership this reminds me of the finest thing in the volume the explorer makes a noble boast in the course of his life he has led hundreds of men among arctic foxes and polar bears and save for shipping accidents that might have happened in any zone he has brought them all safely back there could be no more eloquent testimony to his shrewd foresight his unfailing diligence and his almost fond unselfishness than that of nothing is he more proud but Peary's leadership is modeled on a greater. What though at times the burdens of life seem crushing? What though the atmosphere seem paralyzing? What though the darkness seems appalling? He leads on. He has felt the darkness and the cold. The responsibility is, after all, in the last resort, upon the leader. And with unerring wisdom and beautiful accuracy of judgment, he picks out the perilous path and apportions the difficult tasks to the well-known potentialities of his followers of those whom thou hast given me he says i have lost none commander peary's great book has taught us that the wise leader sets an infinite value on the welfare of his most lowly follower and that every task is allotted in the light of that lofty estimate End of part three, chapter eight.